This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros. Cammie here. We have a re-release today of my episode with Harvey Guillen, who I absolutely love, not just on the like excellent show, What We Do in the Shadows, but also just as a person. He's a sweetheart. Great news. You know, don't you want to know that behind the scenes stuff? Anyway, Harvey's amazing. And speaking of amazing, you're amazing. You can go to patreon.com slash heyqueeros and support this show. Currently, right now, today, we have more support, more financial backing, than we've ever had through the Patreon. Every time I mention it, more people sign up. It really does mean a lot to me. It means I get to pay Sierra a decent rate that I feel good about paying. It means I get to pay myself for my time. It means we get to keep making the podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash heyqueeros and support the show today. Love ya. guests i always have guests introduce themselves will you introduce yourself absolutely hi my name is harvey guillen <laughs> hi harvey yes um no nothing else needed no other <laughs> no other no other details besides name required um easy breezy yeah absolutely you are you in the midst of a pretty busy day right now how, what's yeah, your pretty, uh, life like right now? We did, uh, we're doing press for Werewolves Within, which is coming out in theaters later this month. And we're just doing press for, you know, the movie. And we just announced uh, September 2nd is also the return of What We Do in the Shadows, season three. So, yeah, a little bit of busy just, you know, chatting it up about projects. <laughs> yeah, I I watched the trailer for Werewolves Within and then... Of course, what we do in the shadows is a fantastic show. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And I think between the two of them, those are some pretty outstanding casts. Yeah, that you uh, work with. I am a I am a lucky guy. Just uh, I mean, that- <laughs> obviously, you are also part of the outstanding cast. Let me just make sure to clarify that, and then okay, okay, forward. okay. But yes, <laughs> yeah, no. This both casts are so incredible. I I you know was just comparing it to playing hot potato with the group that never drops the potato that like it could go on forever. Just their improv skills on both, you know, uh, projects are just phenomenal. Like looking at shadows. I remember season one, we did an improv that lasted 28 minutes where it was supposed to be a 20 second scene. It was like a 20 second scene that got cut to like a 14 second little scene in the show, but we did an improv for, almost half an hour and we could we knew we, we could never use that footage but it was just so nice to to be in a group that we're like we keep going it's like I, I would only credit this to like athletes I'm not an athlete necessarily <laughs> but uh, imagine running with someone who like keeps your pace and is running at your speed and you're like wow you're really fast running. let's keep going let's keep going and then you just like run across America before you know it and uh and <laughs> <to> run <laughs> I mean some of it sounds ideal but some of it sounds exhausting as you described this hot potato game I was like we got to sleep. Like we got to, yeah. the, the 20 yeah. minute improv yeah. is, that sounds like really fun until the one day that it is like not fun. Yeah. That particular until it's, day. 
until it's 4.30 in the morning and we've been shooting 16 hours. And it's like, okay, hop, sh- short version of hot potato. Let's go short, ahead yeah. and we yeah. all know we're good. Can <laughs> we also go home? Is that also a possibility? <laughs> I think we perfected it at this point. We're season three. In the first season, everyone's just so, you know, we're going to do it all, you know, and you realize we don't need to do two hours of improv. You know, we could do like a couple minutes because, but we want to give it our best. And I think that's what really kind of comes across on screen in both the film and with Shadows is that uh, it, 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 came, it came out the way it did because we did everything we could. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, I was also, when I was watching the trailer and thinking about this, <laughs> Why are you in vampire and werewolf stuff? What is that in you? Is that like, is that just like, these are the gigs? Or is that, does that line up with an interest? It, I mean, I do have interest in horror. I don't necessarily go out, you know, and just, you know, I got Shadows uh, by, I don't want to say by accident, but I, I, I found out about it by accident. I, I wasn't looking to go into a vampire show. I went to a wine and cheese night that my friend invited me at the last minute Mimi Michaels. Now there's a stage name, Mimi Michaels. That's a real name though. Uh, she invited me to come, you know, hang out with her newborn, her husband, her brother who lives in LA uh, or still is in LA. And, uh, and that was it. So I went over for wine and cheese night and then I met a friend that she invited, uh, Yvonne, and we just hit it off and just had a good time. And the next day I got a text from an unknown number and it's Yvonne. And she goes, Hey, I met you last night. I think you're so fucking funny and you should audition for my fiance's new show. And I was oh. like, okay, I don't do those kind of films. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there, she was like, no, I'm serious. It's what we do in the shadows. And I was like, oh, like the film? She's like, yeah, it's a TV show now. But you have to hurry because they're going to book this character in the next week. Apparently, they had cast everyone by, by then. They had cast Kayvon, Matt, Natasha. Everyone was cast. They were starting production in two weeks, and they couldn't find a Guillermo. Also, in the script, Guillermo was 20 years older than I am. So I could see why I didn't wasn't an option to go into the audition because they were like, no, he's too young. He's too young. Um, so when I went in through basically nepotism because I met someone at a party, it's so Hollywood and they made yeah, it Yeah, I was going to ask, how good are you at being at parties? <laughs> and tell me everything I, you know. Like, what I'm, are you talking about? Oh, Ta- I'm, not, I'm not really, You go I'm to this even, wine and cheese night. What's the I, behavior? I think this, the rule is uh, I'm really good at wine and cheese. And so uh-huh. I, I just really enjoy wine and cheese and it just, it's a happy place. So I think I'm, you know, speaking and I just sound like I'm in, you know, in a euphoric (laughs) bubble. (laughs) And so people are like, wow, he's really having a good time. (laughs) He likes wine and cheese a lot. Um, No, it was just, we didn't really talk about the industry or anything. We're just, you know, human beings talking about just what was going on or like, I think it was even, you know, random things that nothing to do with the industry, nothing to even say that I was an actor or like she just, you know, I think talked to my friend and was like, he's really funny and probably got the information from her, obviously. And then text me and it was by some weird fluke that like, you know, I got the audition at the last minute. I, uh, I wanted to go meet Allison Jones, who, if you know, Allison Jones casting, she's cast everything like bridesmaids, the office, fresh print, like golden girl. Like it's insane. Like just to yeah. meet her is like Hollywood, you know, royalty. And I was like, I want to go meet her. I never met her before. Um, so she wasn't there. <laughs> she was in, <laughs> she was in London, uh, auditioning for characters and stuff. And 
I wanted to meet her so bad. And I just remember I wanted to stand out. And I usually don't do this, but for the character, since I knew it was older than I, than I am, I, than I am, uh, I, I parted my hair in the middle. I popped out these Harry Potter glasses and I wore this really gross orange long sleeve shirt with a brown sweater vest. And I was like, well, if this doesn't age me and stands out, I don't know what will. Um, hoping that Allison would, you know, say, who was that freak that walked in? Uh, but she wasn't there. So I remember meeting her casting associate, Ben, who was lovely and, you know, walked in. I was like, I'm here to see Allison. They're like, oh, she's not here. And I was like, oh. so I felt already defeated, but I was like, whatever, I'm going to give it my all. So I go in, he puts a microphone on me. And I just remember this moment of, I don't remember what I did in the audition. Cause I remember like, it was a moment of, I looked up and I saw Ben's face and he said, you're done. And I was like, what? He's like, you're done. And I was like, oh, Yes, thank, thank you. I did the audition, didn't realize what I had done. So I walked out and before I got to the door, Ben said, Harvey, wait. And I was like, oh, and I thought he was going to say, you know what? You're it. You got the part. And, you know, wanted that so badly. And I turned around, I was like, yes. And he goes, the microphone. And he takes the microphone mm-hmm. off of my lapel. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, thank you. And I walked out and my agent said, called me up right after. I was like, how'd it go? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't remember what I did. And he goes, what? What do you mean? He's like, I just completely fell into a zone. Um, must have been that wine and cheese. Like, it was just like, I don't wow. know. It was just like, fell into it. And two hours later, they had, um, you know, shown it to, already shown it to, uh, to everyone. Taika, Jermaine, Paul, uh, FX. Uh, you know, the casting director was in London and she saw it. They had all voted unanimously to test me, uh, which was the first time that they all had agreed on to test anyone because they had been like 40, 60 and like split in the middle. So it was, I was going to be the, the wild card is what they said. They were like, well, you're young, you know, younger than the character. So you're going to be like an option. And I said, wow, wow what an honor to be an option. Uh, and so I was super excited about it. Cause I was like, well, I'm going to do a chemistry read with, you know, Kayvon and uh, get to meet Taika and Jermaine. And like two weeks went by and I didn't hear anything. And it was, MLK weekend by this time, and it was a Sunday, and I got a, a, a phone number kept calling me, like a 16-digit number, and I kept ignoring it because I was like, well, I'd telemarket or something on a Sunday. Um, and my sister finally was like, will you pick up the fucking phone? And I was like, okay. And she's driving. And I was like, hello? And it was on speaker. And so, hey, is this Javi? And I was like, yes. And he's like, hey, it's Taika and Jermaine. And I was like, oh, hi, Ms. Ms. hello, Mr. YTT. I am, uh, yes, I'm, is this for the chemistry read? He's like, no, I just want to say good job. So you're not doing chemistry. And I was like, Oh, okay. Thank, thank you for calling. <laughs> I thank you for letting me know. And he's like, no, you're it. You're the mate. And I was just like, what? And he's like, you got it. We'll see you on set. Wow. Uh, that's great. And I couldn't believe it. And I was just like, and my sister, who's a big Thor fan, she looked at me and she's like, was like, oh my God. And like screaming. And for the first time in my career, I had to call my agents and tell them that I booked something because <laughs> they didn't even bother to call my, it was a holiday weekend. They, everyone's not in the office and whatnot. So I called and I must've sound insane because I called my agent <gasps> and I was like, I got it. I'm the one. And they're like, okay, Harvey, where are you? It's, uh, it's, are you on a holiday weekend? I was like, no, I got it. <laughs> it's like, okay, let me get back to you. Okay. Just sit still. And then it wasn't until like two days later because it was MLK weekend. They finally got the offer and whatnot. So by Tuesday, I was at a, so it was Monday holiday. Tuesday, I was at um, fitting and Wednesday I was on set. Wow. I don't know where, what, what else was going on for you at that time in your life? Um, 
I think nothing major was happening at the time. I've actually, it was right, it was pilot season. It was the beginning of January um, into February and nothing was really picking up yet. Like, you know, as you know, as an artist. I even mean in your your human life. Like what was going on for you as a person at that time? Uh, At that time, I was, I think I'd just gone out of a relationship. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I had just gone over breakup. I was kind of uh, in a weird place of like, you know, you're looking for the next gig, you know, just like the next job. Uh, but yeah, it was in a weird place where it was the holidays had just passed by and um, it'd been a weird holiday, uh, you know, obviously. Um, so it was just a weird moment. And it was just like kind of out of body experience to how things picked up and the way that it happened because it was something that you don't plan. You never plan for like, you know, something as much as you say, I'm going to be ready when it happens. It's always a nice surprise. I always say you win the lottery every time you book a role because you did, you, uh, you know, you beat out thousands and thousands of people, if not millions of people who are trying to get this role or that role. And so every time I do book a role, it's like you won the lottery and how lucky can you be, you know, to consistently get the right numbers. So it's uh, that's the way I looked at it. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's, uh, that sounds like a really good time in somebody's <laughs> life to get a big job. It was um, the best. It was the perfect thing. I think it was the perfect gift. The universe was like, you know what? We're going to do a vampire show. <laughs> You're going to laugh. You're going to have a good time. And how, um, and you can answer any amount of this that feels, you know, to your comfort level, but how, how is dating now or like how is I don't know if you're partnered or not but how is that as you know your work life has continued to move forward in a positive way what's that balance like for you it's it's tough because I we shoot in Toronto uh and due to the circumstance of this past year um we can't have family or partners visit us uh it's just it wouldn't be safe for everyone in the country of Canada probably wouldn't just want to allow everyone to bring everyone. Just... Yeah, fair, 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 enough, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, because of that, uh, I think, you know, uh, dating has taken a backseat right now. Uh, I'm also not like, uh, I think it's weird because like when you're looking for something is when you're disappointed. You're like, I really want to be in a relationship. Um, and when you're working, for me anyways, I'm always happiest. And this is true, and this sounds probably cliche, but like I'm really happiest when I'm on set and everything I love is within five feet from me. So it's like I'm on set and performing. I have like my partner visiting or a family member visiting or a friend. Um, and that's when I'm the happiest. And if I'm usually like, if I work on my birthday, it's like, that's like the best. I, it sounds really dumb, but like it's the best gift. I've been lucky enough to have a gig that falls on my birthday for the last few years. And it's the best birthday because it's like, you're doing what you love. You woke up that day. It's the day of your birth. You're doing what you love, what you've always aspired to do, what your dreams were when you were little. And then if you get to bring family on set and they're around when they actually do like sing like a happy birthday or something, that's it. For me, like that's literally the best birthday. And then at the end, we were like, oh, we have dinner. And like, that's great too. And like a little party or something, but I don't even need that. Like I literally the gift was like the day. The gift was like the day on set, doing what you love with the people you love. And and then looking back at it and then be like, let's do it again next year. 
Yeah, I've performed on my birthday oftentimes by choice. I mean, it's also, I'm not really, um, it's a different situation because I am, because <laughs> it's not, it hasn't been, it's been me scheduling stand-up shows. On your birthday. <laughs> on my birthday. So that's like a whole other level of like, you know, I think for me some somewhat it's, there's been like a little bit of a, an avoidance of like pausing to mark something in a different way. So like last year, because I, I mean, there was, <laughs> stand up last October. So I think what I did was I actually moved on my birthday. Um, and then a little like train of friends came and honked horns like that whole thing that yeah. from Instagram or yeah. whatever. Um, and that was very cute. And then like we stood in our my my new backyard and we're very far away from each other. But honestly, for me, that does sound really nice because a birthday is a little bit uncomfortable. I feel like, oh, God, are they going to what's going to happen? Are yeah. they going to what if yeah. what if too many people are interested. What if not enough people are interested? Anyway, right. just to perform, that's like, that's, it feels like yeah. it's like a lower. Plus then the audience feels really, they feel like, oh my God. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. We can't <laughs> believe we're here. Thank you so much for being here. I'm like, no, no, this is my comfort This level. is my yeah. choice. Yeah, I made this yeah. choice. I made this choice. I know because yeah. it's weird. People would think like, oh, it sucks. You get to work on your birthday. I was like, I don't think that sucks. I don't, I think that's great, you know? So it's always funny because, we you know, people do take off on their birthday. Like, I'm going to go on holiday and go, which is nice. And if you don't have anything else scheduled and you want to do that, that's great. Um, but yeah, I think we're on the same page about like on birthdays. I'd rather schedule something on my birthday uh, that has to do with doing what I love, you know, or moving because then you feel like it's something I'm doing that day. So my focus, especially with, you know, the last year with the pandemic, that must have been like the perfect choice. Like, it's like, let's just do that. Let's just keep focus on the positive yeah. moving to a new place. I'm moving to a new place. Also, I the place that I live in now, the, when I went to see it, the person that was showing it was like, yeah, I mean, it's like, this is so strange, but the lease is available October 17th. And I was like, why? Why would that? Nobody's ever... That's the why, universe. Why would my lease start? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not been a... No, that's the, uni- that's the universe that already ever working. started. Yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> universe not... already like being like, talk- oh, yeah. let me take yeah. care of this for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was for real a breadcrumb from from <laughs> actual bearded God. Um, <laughs> So you you just alluded to being a baby kid and <laughs> wanting to do this thing. That's true for you. You were a little teeny teeny weeny sprout. Yeah, I I, I remember watching. Um, I grew up with my mom in Santa Ana. She was a single mom uh, for at least the first you know seven years of my life, and um, we didn't have a lot of money. It was low income, you know. Um, family and she worked like three jobs and I just remember that I was the only kid I was on my own uh and so I would be at school or I would be at home with like a babysitter or the communal babysitter we lived in an apartment complex where it was like one lady who took care of like you know all the working families kids kind of thing and I remember one time during Christmas break I was watching a new tv show which I thought was a tv show that was playing um on channel 13 and it was Annie the musical, the the movie, the original one. 
And I remember falling in love with the idea of like, what are they doing? They were singing and dancing. They were in rags. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're poor and they're on television. And I was just like, the idea was like, what? And they get to sing and and dance and act. And I remember looking at my mom and I said, mom, I want to be that. I want to be an orphan. And she looked at me weird. And I was like, what? And she goes like, that's loco. I was like, are you crazy? And I was like, what? And she's like, no, son actores are actors. I was like, oh, I want to be an oh. actor. <laughs> and I was like, nice save, mom. Nice save. <laughs> and I was like, well, I want to be an actor. And she said, no, no tenemos dinero. We don't have money for that. And I was like, you need to have money to play poor on television. She goes, no, son actores are not really, you know, those things are, they get trained. They, they get acting coaches and singing and dancing lessons. Like, can I take those things? And she said, mijo, we don't have money for that. No dinero. You know, we don't have money for that. And I said, oh, well, if I get the money, can I take those classes? And she's like, mijo, if you can find your own way, you can do whatever you want in life. And I was like, okay, then I will. And I'm like six, you know? But I was like, I'm, com- I'm like committed to this. I want to be this. I want to be an actor. And I found a fellow thespian at school who told me that the community center was doing an improv class for like $12.50. And I ran to my mom. I was like, mom, can I take this class? She goes, mijo, no tenemos dinero. We don't have money for that. And I was like, duh. And my friend goes to her mom and gives her 20 and lets her keep the change. So I didn't have an allowance. Like that was like, you don't, in a Mexican household, you don't get an allowance. Like you do your bed because you're sleeping in it. You have to take out the trash because you created a mess. Like you have to clean the house because you live in it, you know? Um, so it was the idea of like, I don't get an allowance. So I was kind of disappointed and asked, I had asked my mom, she said no again. And we're walking home from school one day and we were by a park and this homeless man was going through a trash can. I was like, mom, it's like, why is he doing that? It's like, oh, so vende los botes. You know, he sells the cans. And I was like, you make money from trash? She goes, si vende los botes. And it's like, I ran into her room, got a wire hanger from her closet and hooked it into a long skinny finger, got a like a plastic bag from Food for Less from our kitchen and went through trash cans, collecting aluminum, you know, uh, cans and glass bottles. And I collected enough money after four weeks to take the class. And I took the class and it was like babysitting, really. They divided the six-year-olds to like the nine-year-olds together and then the 10-year-olds to like the you know, later teens in a group. The younger kids were just walking around. They yell out like, now you're a tiger. Now you're a lion. Now you're a bear. Oh my, you know? And you're, you're just like doing these characters. But people were laughing at my choices. They were laughing, you know, at my comedy and I was making them laugh. And I love that feeling of someone like having a good time because I'm entertaining them. And this crackle to that feeling on stage that I never had before. And I, uh, and I wanted, I was like, this is great. I want to feel this all the time. So when the class was over, I realized that it took me four weeks to raise the money for this, like an hour and a half class. And I was like, do I want to do this again? It was so gross. And it was like every day after school on the weekends, I go to quinceañeras, I crash parties and I'd be like dumping off a modelo and be like, haciendo? like the guy would be like, what are you doing? Like, oh, I didn't know that it was like, I knew, I was like, I don't care about the Corona. I don't care about the I just need the bottle, you know, I need it. And I told myself, I was like, do I want to do that again? It was so long and gross, but I, I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I have to do it again. And I continued to collect recyclables to continue to play, pay for classes such dancing, tap, ballet, jazz, improv, any class I could do just because uh, I wasn't going to let my circumstances of my mom was a hard, you know, 
provider, but that was a luxury. And I knew that she did the best she could, but she did give me the gift of the message that if you want something bad enough, no one's going to get in your way. Wow. How often do you tell that story? Like, I is, re- that, I didn't, is that I, like something? Yeah, go ahead. I don't like... I don't like talking about it. I didn't, I just till recently I started talking about it just because people ask that question for the longest time. I didn't want to talk about it because I don't want people, I thought that people would feel this pity for me. I thought that people Mm. would be like, oh, that's too bad. Your childhood was stolen from, and I had this idea that I uh, projected in my head that people would think the assumption they would make about my experience. Because if even whatever way I told that story, I felt that people were going to have this like, oh, that's so, and it's like, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to feel sad for me. I want you to to see the message is that no one can stop you uh, going after your dream if you really want to go for it, you know? And that's the message I got from it because I did have a tough, you know, upbringing and childhood and don't want to focus on the negative by society standards, like, well, you should have had a, you know, some, a parent who gave you whatever you wanted or whatever. And it's like, that's not the case always. Not everyone is lucky enough and privileged to have that. And that's okay. And the, the message I look back is like, you can choose to look at like, oh, I was dealt a really hard, you know, di- you know, card, or I was given the opportunity to make a life lesson and to make a choice. And that's the way I didn't talk about this till very recent. And I don't talk about it often just for that same reason, just because I don't want that. But then I realized that the story, when I did talk about it the first time, it was with someone who was younger and was be feeling defeated. And I share that and it completely shifted the way they saw what they saw as a problem and saw the result as a solution. And so I used it as a tool to like help someone be encouraged to do what they want to do. And then I realized, you know what? There's no shame in sharing the story because what I think is going to be someone's reaction of like, oh, could be someone's reaction of, wow, I'm going to, that really, I needed to hear that today. And I needed to hear that to just motivate me to go the next stepping stone in this journey of life. Wow. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for telling me that, you know, thank you for trusting me with that, the, the true stuff from your life. I really appreciate it. And I, I, part of the reason I was asking, you know, if you tell that often is I just have had the, it did feel so tender, you know, and like, also it does include, um, something that's very hard to grapple with, at least for me, which is like the limitations of our parents. You know, I feel like that's like something that we don't always talk about in, Mm -hmm culture, it's really what you were saying, you know, it's like, there's either there's like, people who can give you every single thing and who have every skill and every bit of emotional learning, or there's bad parents, you know, and like, we just don't talk about, I mean, certainly not in the United States, anybody who's listening that lives here, you know, like, yeah. uh, um, you know, the way that like, bootstrapping ideology has been force-fed back to us as a way of like creating guilt and shame anyway i just i say all of that because you know over time and talking about my own life and background it's you know it's like so interesting to do a job to to choose to pursue a job um where people might be interested in you or you know in us and then to have moments where people ask questions and there's like a you know there's a real choice I, i know that for me it's it's like 
There are things I have long wanted to share because I do think it would be helpful, like what you're talking about. There's also other things that I've shared because it's just like, that's the truth, you know, and I, yeah, I think I have a right to my own story. Um, and then there's like the other part of it where it's like, you know, what's the line in terms of, um, I don't, I, this is like a stronger word than I mean to use, but like exploiting myself almost mm -hmm. like in, in like terms sharing of like too much. Yeah. Yeah. Sharing too much, not because of like necessarily an overshare, but like, because it's, uh, because I deserve, because I deserve things just for me too, yeah. you know, and privacy and intimacy with your own story. That's for you. Um, yeah, yeah I, you're absolutely right. That's why for so long I didn't share it because it was mine. It was my story to know. It was my journey that happened to me. Um, but then the second I, I stepped away and realized that if it helped one person, you know, if it helped one person, because I had to look back and, and think about myself at that age, that I would have loved to have heard that story, mm -hmm. that I would have loved to have seen something that was aspirational on the screen and in person. Because I didn't, you know, growing up being, you know, you know, uh, brown, round, and proud, uh, I didn't see myself <laughs> represented on television. I didn't. Yeah. And if we did, you were the butt of the jokes. If we did see right. a queer character, it was the flamboyant, sassy uh, hairdresser who was sex hungry. You know what I mean? And it was just like, oh my god. And it's like you saw a Latinx character; they were cleaning a bathroom. You know what I mean? And so yep. all of these things that are very to a young mind who's, you know, their brains being molded is very, you know, it makes you feel defeated before you even get to the race. It makes you feel defeated because you don't think you're even allowed at the race. You don't think that you're allowed at the track. You, you see from afar as a fan and you know that that is a playing field that you're not welcome in, that you're not encouraged to enter and to be reminded of to stay in your lane, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, I've always considered myself an old soul because I think I had to grow, have to deal with grown up issues earlier on, you know what I mean? Um, but I wouldn't change it, absolutely wouldn't change it because I didn't have the privilege of some of my friends who had, like you said, you know, everything given to them. And everyone has their own issues. You can be given the world at a young age and you still have your issues that you're dealing with. It doesn't diminish them, you know, um, but everyone's journey is different. And so for so long, I kept my journey to myself because it was my journey. But then I realized if my journey helps one person, just one person, then that is worth sharing. And that's why I'm getting comfortable and more and more uh, okay with, with sharing that information, you know, because I do want it to be aspirational to someone who might be looking at me and saying, look at that guy on television. Look at that guy mm -hmm. who is a lead on you know, a show. Look at that guy who's uh, a lead in this movie. Like those conversations, to have that come out of someone's lips and have that be a dialogue is so empowering because they're not sentences that are often said, especially when I grew up. Those were not conversations you were having. That was never a topic of conversation. Right. Yeah. I, I want to circle back to something that you were just talking about. And again, you know, this is like, Emotional stuff. So if there is a boundary that comes up, just let me know. But, you know, you were talking about being brown, brown, round and proud. And I do think that, like, you know, as you were saying that, I was really thinking specifically about um, uh, you on what we do in the shadows. And I was thinking about the I know that I am very aware of how I have been impacted by the bodies that I've seen on television like specific, I mean, I could even, you know, it's a zillion things, but I could, I can also, I can make it super broad or I can make it hyper specific, like, okay, gender non-conforming, masculine of center, 
people who were assigned female birth? Like, what did those people look like on television once they finally appeared? It's like, first of all, not at all on TV. And then, like, two, you know, folks in that category trot out, and it's, like, the smallest chest possible, like, completely, you know, the tiniest body, like, really slim. Um, I'm going to put this in quotes, like, boy hips, you know? And then, like, I look at that as I'm coming into my own and growing up, and I'm just like, wait, if I'm this, I have to be that? Like, that is so different than how I'm actually just naturally built. Anyway, so I say all that to say, I do think for anybody that is not the smallest possible size, to be part of the team, you know, like that's, it's like that outsider versus part of the team thing. And I just think that that is something that you're, I mean, I don't know what generation of actor that has a little bit more size on their bot. I don't know where we are in that. It's pretty still <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you being part of the team, you know, and being so beloved, that's that's massively impactful. And yeah. I'm I'm wondering what that experience is like for you. Um Yeah, I I you're absolutely right. It it's it's something that you know, you don't when I started getting into the entertainment industry, I got it I got into it because it was my dream. You know, I wanted to just fighting my way through that door that was like not even cracked open. It was just like, let me in, you know? And, and because you're working so hard at trying to like get through that door and, and hustle through it, that when you do go through that threshold, you don't even realize the impact of the light that that allows to go for anyone coming hmm. after you. And the impact that that has, because you're so busy just trying to make your, you know, I want this and I want this to happen. And once you crack that door, just a little bit open, you don't realize how much light you're shining on um, the people and the and the queer actor and the uh, actor of color and the actor of size who is trying to do the same thing you are. And you just kind of like shine some light to make a little the path a little more clear and the path a little more stable and to just have a little more stability, just a little bit. Not, a, not It's not fully open yet, but if you can just give a little bit light, then hopefully when they get to the threshold, they open the door a little bit more. And when the other person gets the threshold, they open the door even a little bit more to eventually, it's just a room full of light. Oh my God. First of all, that's beautiful. <laughs> Second <laughs> of all, you know, to do that is uh, really challenging. So I guess I, and I'm going to ask, you know, we're, we're a little bit abbreviated today. So in a moment, we're going to like kind of wrap. So maybe this is honestly like the last sort of question, but like, it's also a lot of responsibility, you know, to take on, um, on a human and I'm, I guess I'm just wondering, like, how challenging that has been for you to believe that you could have this job. I mean, I just think about, like, okay, so television shows, like, some queer dude, it's, like, the cast of Will and Grace. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. right? <laughs> then also you, Harvey. You know, like, how challenging <laughs> is it to believe in yourself and think that, like, you know, that you that you can... It's, it is a challenge, you know, because um, you don't, you know, I, I didn't seek, you know, out to be a role model. I didn't seek out to be like the first of something. I didn't see, I was doing it because I, I gave myself that dream and that challenge. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. And yeah, it just comes responsibility because people put that on you. Obviously they're like, oh my gosh, you're the first, you're the first, you know, Latinx uh, queer actor to be nominated for, um, what was it? The Critics' Choice Award. And then I was like, what? I was like, that's, that can't be right. Right. And then <laughs> we, it was in the research. Wow. And, I, and I was like, 
how are what? No, that it's 2021. That can't be. They went through history. And it's like, yep. And it's like, wow. oh, wow. Oh, okay. So the weight of that is sometimes put on you without you knowing that you just went through a threshold. You weren't even aware that you were even getting through. I didn't know that that was a threshold for the critics, to, you know, and once you get through it and it's like, you did it, you're the first. And it's like, the first, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? It's like, you're the first, you're the first. Ever. And it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm so glad that we got not. And it's like, no, the history was made. And it's like, wow. Because wow. so I take it as if, them doing the right thing. I'm not. I'm not seeking to be a role model. I'm doing the. I'm doing the stepping stones for me that I want to live my life in an authentic, you know, open life. And 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 by doing so, by taking those stepping stones in the direction that I want my life to go, along the way is breaking you know records or making history. Then I'm on the right path. Then I'm on the right path, and I'm going to keep going on this path. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just casually make history as you take some forward. Yeah, love it. Well, Harvey, you're a delight. Um, Thank you. And I love your work. And um, same, same. By oh the way, <laughs> what a sweetie. Uh, before I send you back into your day, I always ask. Um, I always ask folks to shout out a queero, which is like a person, place, or thing that made you feel like you could be who you are today. You want to shout out a queero? Yeah. Um, I guess I would shout out Cheyenne Jackson just because I grew up watching him and musical theater and uh, and in full circle, you know, was inspiration and then now plays my husband in Werewolves Within. <laughs> That's ideal. <laughs> That's I didn't know you could just manifest that. I That's put it great. Out there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think, uh, you know, performers like, you know, Cheyenne, who visibility matters and you see someone living their truth and, and has his husband and, and beautiful children, you know, like the life that you're like, see, they're doing it. Like, it's like so aspirational. So that would be my shout out. <laughs> well, thanks, Harvey. It was awesome Thank to talk you. to you. It was great talking to you, Cameron. 